You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Our scripture reading is taken, first of all, from Genesis 2, the verses 8 and 9. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed, and the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's turn to the last book of the Bible, the last chapter, Revelation 22, the verses 1 to 5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. Text for this morning is Proverbs 3, verse 18. She, that is wisdom, is a tree of life for those who embrace her. And those who lay hold of her will be blessed. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, throughout the history of the human race, there has always been a strong longing to recover some of the life of paradise lost. If you are into poetry and literature, Undoubtedly, you can think of some poems or some books that articulate that theme. Or if you are into art and music, I'm sure you can think of a beautiful piece of art or a beautiful piece of music. The art that depicts that longing or the music that makes that longing known in its music. And if you're into philosophy or political science, I'm sure you can think of a philosophical system or a political system that in one way or another tries to recover some of the life of paradise lost. And the reason why there is this longing is quite simple. Then life was so beautiful, 
so integrated and harmonious. And now life is so ugly and fragmented and disintegrated. And besides, God created us with a longing for the life of paradise lost and the life of paradise regained. St. Augustine once said, You have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. And so it shouldn't surprise us that deep in the heart of every human being, there is a longing to recover the bliss of paradise. Have you ever experienced that longing? You may not be a poet. You may never have written some prose. You may not be an artist or a musician or a philosopher or a, a politician. But have you ever experienced that deep longing that God has placed right in the depth of your heart? I'm sure you have. I have. The good news of our text is that it is possible to recover some of the life of paradise lost and to actually have a foretaste of the life of paradise regained. For our text says that wisdom is a tree of life for all those who embrace her and blessed are those who take hold of her. The tree of life. You know, that's first of all a sign of our, our hopelessness. Because the tree of life symbolized eternal life in the Garden of Eden. And Adam and Eve actually had that eternal life. They enjoyed that eternal life together as husband and wife, together with their God. Provided that they would keep God at the center of their life, just like the tree of life was at the center of the garden. Except they ate. From another tree in the center of the garden. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because they made themselves the center of their life. And in doing so, they lost the eternal life. That's right. They lost the eternal life that they had previously enjoyed when they lived in fellowship with God and in loving fellowship with one another. In fact, they were 
exiled out of the garden and barred from ever entering that garden again. And so the tree is a sign of our hopelessness. But thanks be to God, it's also the sign of our hopefulness. In one of his epistles to the seven churches, our ascended Savior says, To him who conquers, to him who perseveres in the Christian faith by the grace of God, I give the right to eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. And when you go to Revelation 22, you encounter that tree of life again. In fact, you encounter more than one tree of life because on either side of the river of the water of life, there is a tree of life. And these trees of life, they bore their fruit every month, twelve times a year. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No more brokenness. No more fragmentation. No more pain, crying, death. Because the old order of things will have passed away. God will have made all things new. And so there's hope in the midst of our hopelessness. You say, well, that's nice. One day I get to have access to the tree of life. What about now? Do we have access to the tree of life now? Between the garden and between the city that is to come. And our text says, yes, you do. Because wisdom is a tree of life for those who embrace her. Wisdom. Well, Actually, everything in the Bible is, is wisdom. And yet we know that there's a certain type of literature in the Bible that is known as wisdom literature. The book of Job. The book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Proverbs. And so I guess we can say that even though the whole Bible is full of wisdom, in this wisdom literature, you have the wisdom of God in a sort of concentrated form. And wisdom is actually looking at life from God's perspective. is having a sort of a, a God's eye view of life, so to speak. Wisdom is... Learning to live your life according to God's design. Jesus, when he taught the Lord's Prayer, he said, Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Well, that's 
a bit what wisdom is like. On earth, as in heaven. Not perfectly, but on earth, as in heaven. And so someone once said that wisdom is skill in the art of godly living. It's a skill that you can learn through faith when you're guided by the Holy Spirit. Just like our organist. He has a skill in playing the organ. And others among you have a skill in something else. Perhaps you're a poet. Perhaps you're an artist. Perhaps you have the skill in, in homemaking. It's a skill you have to learn. You may have some natural talent, but you still have to somehow discipline yourself and develop that natural talent. A bit like that with wisdom. It's a skill that God teaches you in Christ. Through the Holy Spirit. And so wisdom, because it is this skill in the art of godly living, wisdom gives us access to the tree of life again. Because she is a tree of life. When we live wisely and develop the skill in the art of godly living, we recover some of the life of paradise lost. And we receive today already a foretaste of the life of paradise regained. Provided we embrace her. You know what an embrace is, right? Just embrace another person. And that's what you do with wisdom. You Embrace wisdom. You take hold of wisdom. You see, it's not important for me just to know that there's a glass of water there. And I'm thirsty. And yeah, well, there's a glass of water there. It does me a lot of good. I have to take hold of this glass of water. And I have to drink same with wisdom. You not only have to embrace wisdom, you have to take hold of wisdom. In fact, I think you can say you have to swallow wisdom. John on the island of Patmos was once told to eat a book. Well, figuratively speaking, that's what we should do in faith. We swallow this book. We chew on it. We eat it. And when we do that, we recover some of the life of paradise lost. And don't we see this especially in the Lord Jesus Christ? There's a remarkable parallel between the tree of life and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the tree of life was first of all a sign of our hopelessness. Well, Jesus Christ is first of all also a sign or a symbol of our hopelessness. Apart from Jesus Christ, and he says this himself in John 15, verse 5, 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's quite something, isn't it? Apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, you are spiritually dead. You are as unresponsive to the beauty and the glory of God as a corpse. And apart from Jesus Christ, you are enslaved to the passions of your flesh. And this old order of doing things in which we live in this world. With it's me first and it's me second and it's me third. With its culture of narcissism. We're enslaved to that. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. And so Jesus, first of all, confronts us with that. And as such, he symbolizes our hopelessness. Apart from him. And yet Jesus is also, and thank God, also a sign of our hopefulness. Because the Lord Jesus Christ, He embodied the book of Proverbs. He embodied the whole Scriptures. He perfectly kept the law of God for His covenant congregation. And when the Lord Jesus Christ was here, among his people, he said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of heaven has come near. It's like saying, the tree of life has come near. Repent and believe the gospel. There's hope in Jesus Christ. But so you got Jesus there. And you're standing over here. A lot of good that does. John Calvin once said, you know, Jesus Christ will do us no good. Everything Jesus Christ did will do us no good. If the Holy Spirit does not take the Lord Jesus Christ and bring him inside of us. That's right. Just like this glass of water will do me no good if I'm dehydrated. Unless I take it, embrace it, and drink the water. And so we have to spend a lot of time looking at Jesus. That's how you drink Jesus. You fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. You just, you just gaze at His beauty. And in seeing the beauty of Jesus, you see the beauty of your Father. Because if you have seen me, said Jesus, you have seen the Father. And drinking Jesus, getting Jesus from here into here, you not only spend a lot of time with the eyes of your heart looking at the beauty of Jesus, you also spend a lot of time with your ears listening to the voice of the Good Shepherd.
My sheep, they hear my voice. And they follow me where I call them to go. Into green pastures. To the tree of life. I spend a lot of time in the Word of God. Listening to Jesus' voice. You spend a lot of time in the church listening to the preacher feed you with the bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus gets from here into here. And when that happens, you'll find that your life is being transformed by the Spirit of God. Your life will begin to bear fruit each season, 12 months of a year. And the leaves of your life will be for the healing of your brother and sister. And the leaves of your life will be for the healing of the people you meet outside the church. Isn't that beautiful? Let me ask you, is that your experience? When you spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ in His Word, do you hear the voice of Jesus? Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Eternal life. It's the life of the Godhead Himself. Not life that goes on forever. It does, but it's the life of the eternal God. And John says near the end of his gospel, these things were written so that you may have information. He didn't write that. These things were written so that you may have life. Believing in his name, may believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and believing in his name, you may have life. Is that your experience? And when you live in Christ, Christ lives in you. When you spend your quiet time with the Lord Jesus Christ, sitting at His feet, figuratively speaking, like Martha sat at, like Mary sat at His feet, you experience that Jesus opens up paradise for you. And that you recover some of the life of paradise lost and have a foretaste of the life of paradise regained. I don't always do that. And I ask myself why. Why do I sometimes miss out on the life of paradise and the life of the garden, the life of the, of the city? And I've come to the conclusion that one of the reasons I miss out on that life is because I, I still find myself eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Either in addition to eating 
from the tree of life, which is pure idolatry. Or even instead of. You remember the tree of knowledge of good and evil, do you not? See, the tree of life is a symbol of eternal life. The tree of knowledge is a symbol of our human autonomy. Autonomy. Being a law unto yourself. Not wanting to submit to God. Leaving Jesus out there. Just like that. And not embracing Jesus. Not taking hold of Jesus. Because deep down in your heart, you want to decide for yourself what is right and wrong. You want to play God. Because only God can decide what is right and what is wrong. And see, when I do that, I find I hinder. I hinder the recovery of the life of paradise lost. And I, I am my own worst enemy. And I don't enjoy a foretaste of the life of paradise regained. And you know, there's, there's many ways in which we can eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I said already there was this genre, this kind of literature in the Bible known as wisdom literature, which has the wisdom of God in a concentrated form. Also the book of Proverbs. And one of the Proverbs says, hatred stirs up quarrels. Ask yourself that when you have quarrels. Children, you quarrel among yourselves. And spouses, when we quarrel among ourselves. Why do we do that when we quarrel? Because we're eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We're not really submitting to God. And we're not submitting to our brother and sister. Or our spouse. And as such we hinder. The recovery of the life of paradise. We are our own worst enemy. When we do that. But love covers all offenses. Isn't that beautiful? You get offended here. There's no offense over there. And love covers a multitude of offenses. And when it does, you recover some of the life of paradise lost. You really do. Then you are embracing wisdom. You're taking hold of the tree of life. A gossip goes around revealing secrets. But why would a gossip want to do that? Ask yourself that. Let me ask myself that. Why would I want to gossip? Because somehow God is not at the center of my life. Like the tree of life was at the center of the garden. 
It's not. He's not at the center. Actually, I think I'm at the center when I gossip. And I cause a lot of harm, a lot of ruin, a lot of disintegration and disharmony. But those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Isn't that beautiful? That's taking hold of Jesus. That's drinking Jesus. That's embracing the tree of life. When you're trustworthy and you keep a confidence. Man, the gate of paradise just opens up. And out of paradise comes some of that life straight into your life. And into your environment all around you. You start to you start to radiate and exude the life of paradise. The fool is quick tempered. When's the last time you blew your stack? The last time you got quick tempered. Did it help? Did it open up the door of paradise or did it close the door? But a wise person stays calm when he's insulted. Isn't that beautiful? It's like Jesus. He just stayed calm when they hurled their insults at him. We do the same we have access to the tree of life. You have a peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And others, they look at you and they say, why doesn't he lash out? Why doesn't he play tit for tat? Uh, you did this to me, I'm going to do that to you. you know? Well, he doesn't do that. Or she doesn't do that. Because he or she is eating from the tree of life. Has taken hold of the tree of life. Has embraced the tree of life. I round off. Eating from the tree of life will entail a struggle. It's much easier to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's much easier to be quick-tempered than to stay calm when you're insulted. And besides, eating from the tree of life is going to look foolish. Just like Jesus' wisdom looks foolish. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. He says, go the extra mile. How many times shall I forgive? Seven times seven? No, 70 times seven, says Jesus. He says, love your enemies. He says, the last will be first. And he says, if you lose your life, you will find your life. 
It's not easy. Looks foolish. This. This is how you recover some of the life of paradise lost. And this is how you experience a foretaste of the life of paradise regained. This is how the future breaks forth into the present. This is how the kingdom of heaven is opened and the blessings of the kingdom of heaven just come pouring forth out of the future into the broken present. Do you want to recover some of the life of paradise lost? And do you really want to have a foretaste of the life of paradise regained? Ask yourself that question. Do you really want that? Then take hold of the book of Proverbs. Take hold of the wisdom literature. Take hold of the scriptures. Chew on the scriptures. And eat the scriptures. And take hold of the Lord Jesus Christ. Embrace the Lord Jesus Christ. So that the Christ for you becomes the Christ in you. Because in the Lord Jesus Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.